Hi, I am Kyle. And I'm Jeremy. And we are the Social Ninjas. Hiya! Jeremy and I both struggled with social anxiety and mental health overall. Now we both work to improve our own mental health and the mental health of others by sharing what we did to help our social anxiety and what we learn and continue to do to improve upon our own mental health. What we share is what we learn from our own experiences. We are not mental health professionals and what we say should not be used in place of or replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. All right. So we are the Social Ninjas, co-hosted by myself, Kyle, and Jeremy. And we also have a special guest on today with us, Jan. How's it going, Jan? Really good. The circumstance, depending on the circumstances, uh, everything's actually really good in my in my little apartment. <laughs> yeah. So let me just give a short uh, bio just to kind of introduce Jan to everybody. So Jan Keck is a community addict. He's the creator of Ask Deep Questions, which started out as a deck of cards to help his friends connect on a camping trip and is now being used to facilitate meaningful conversations through sharing personal and vulnerable stories on every continent around the globe. Jan's mission is to help people feel less alone. So by creating experiences, workshops, and programs, he is fueling the the movement for deeper human connection. His work has been featured on CBC News, Breakfast TV, CityLine, and HuffPost. And he is currently working on his first TEDx talk on how to turn shallow conversations into deep connections. So I guess my first question, just after reading all that, I know it started out as you have a camping trip type of idea and kind of getting deep conversations, but kind of what was the route into that? What made you want to start having deeper conversations with people? So there's something that happened where I had this feeling that I experienced at the end of this weekend retreat that I couldn't really explain. Uh, And it was not a bad feeling. It was actually a great feeling. And I was um, with a group of people from Toronto who were outside of the city for a weekend and uh, all working on our personal goals for the year. And at the last day of this retreat, everybody was saying goodbye to each other. And I was looking around the room and I could sense the energy vibrating out of people's bodies. It was almost like a spiritual experience for me where it's not just um, like I couldn't see anything. I didn't have like hallucinations or like visions but I could feel different like if I had to describe it if you've ever seen the the Care Bears you know how they shoot these (laughs) rainbows out of their bellies (laughs) that's kind of what I was imagining looking around the room just this energy vibrating off of everyone and I later um, realized this was like really deep connection the sense of belonging um, of being with a group that accepts you for who you are without having to change Uh, without having to pretend that you're interested in something like there literally was a weekend without small talk uh, just like deep raw vulnerable conversations and people being um, okay with being uncomfortable like we did lots of different activities that required us to step outside of the comfort zone and um, we always felt supported by this group of people so that to me was this first moment where I realized oh my God, this is amazing. How can I get more of that? But also a bit of sadness um, because I I noticed that 
I haven't had this in my life since I moved from Germany to Canada. So this was like after I lived in Canada for uh, eight years. So I made a lot of connections, but I realized in that moment, all of those connections are pretty surface level. What I wanted more of is those like deep, meaningful relationships that I experienced on that, that weekend. Yes. Oh, man. For, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Jan is my spirit animal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. My question is, uh, what prevents people from connecting on that deeper level, in your opinion? I think there's a few levels that you can connect um, with someone at, and most of us connect just at the surface. And I think a lot of it has to do with just social conditioning. Like we're expect, like we think we're expected to ask someone, what do you do for work? As like one of the first questions, but then we're not really interested in people's answer or if we hear them share, oh, I'm an accountant or I'm an insurance broker or some other job that you think they might not have an interesting life, you immediately like are not interested in asking anything else. You're not curious anymore about the other person. That has totally happened in my life where mm. I've met someone and they tell me their job and I'm like, oh, in my head, uh, not, not actually out loud. Like, oh, that is so boring. I don't know what to <laughs> ask you now. Um, and I would literally try to just find a way to get out of the conversation. And um, oftentimes that's just standing around awkwardly until, I don't know, I, you say, I have to go to the washroom or let me go grab, grab a drink or some other way to get out of it. And um, I've met the most amazing lawyers that uh, actually one of them, he was the organizer of that retreat that I mentioned. Um, and I'm like, there's so much more to people. We just have to be more curious and start exploring who they are and maybe ask, not asking the question, so what do you do is the first thing to give them a chance to, to show a little bit more of themselves. Oh man, I love this. I've said, I've said this to so many people. <laughs> even, in, uh, even in dating, I noticed that um, a lot of guys or girls, the first question of like, what do you do for a living? Or what do you do for a living? And a lot of times, it was like 80, 80% plus actually don't enjoy what they do for a living. So you're already starting on a negative you know, wavelength, right? <laughs> so I, is it, so I know my, my, what questions I like to ask to get people to connect, to, uh, connect more, but what are some of your favorite? Um, I think so. I had this, uh, actually right after the retreat, I was thinking, okay, so the, the solution to all of this is to skip small talk and just not do it at all and go straight to the deep vulnerable conversations. But what I also realized that you can't just like ask someone about their struggles in their relationships as the first thing that you meet uh, when, when, when you chat with them. So you have to kind of ease in and sometimes yeah. the best question is the follow-up question to the boring uh, small talk question. Oh. Uh, so if you already are in a conversation, you're not starting it but the other person asks so what do you do and you ask them back so what do you do a perfect like follow-up question go a little bit deeper is so what got you into that profession or what's something that you're really excited about in your work right now and that's actually what you're really excited about is my my favorite like first question because yes can choose to talk about i don't know their son just starting to walk or they could choose to talk about um, a project that they're volunteering with, or they could choose to talk about their work if that's something that's actually exciting to them. Um, so giving people options, but always like something positive. The first question to me always has to be about something positive, like you were saying, uh, what do you do 
if you don't like your job doesn't necessarily invite a positive open uh, conversation from the get-go yes i love that i uh, that's one of the things i so big on is ask the question has that brings them to a, a happy place yeah what brings you joy I, I have one question that I've used once that uh, also has a really interesting story. Um, I, w I attended this um, human resources conference or event, like one day event um, in Toronto. And I was supposed to go with a friend who works in HR, but he ended up being snowed in so he couldn't make it. So Lily was there with hundreds of people not knowing a single person. And I felt so out of place at that point. I've never attended uh, an event in that industry. And I thought, okay, how if I can, how could I be vulnerable in like my first sentence when I'm introducing myself to people? And how could that be an opener for a different conversation than <laughs> them asking me about what I do and then it's not relevant to them and then they're just going to move on to the next person or me asking them what they do and me not really understanding what that means. Um, mm. So every person that I met, I said right away, hey, I feel really out of place here because I normally don't attend events like this. Um, and that immediately broke the ice. Like they were super curious. So like, what, why are you here? What brought you here? Um, and as soon as I heard someone ask me something small talk related or a question that I didn't really want to talk about, I, I have this, this sentence that I now make buttons too. Uh, let's <laughs> say I'm on a small talk detox. <laughs> and I just started saying, I'm on a small talk detox. I have a much better question if you're interested. Uh, <laughs> and it just took took a leap and thought let me try what what people's response is and i asked them uh th this this following question is one of my favorite questions if you meet someone for the first time um maybe i even uh asked that to you jeremy when we first connected <laughs> but it's um if we met a year from today with a bottle of champagne what are we celebrating and wow that led to such amazing conversations at that event and one person in particular like we bonded so quickly and so deeply that we literally went and we took out our phones put it in the calendar to meet up one year later at a oh, restaurant wow. to drink some champagne and celebrate whatever we said we we're going to accomplish um wow. so i'm gonna yeah so staying with that um if we meet a year from today jan what are we celebrating Oh, wow. I haven't thought lately. I'm thinking like in weeks or days. So I haven't really thought about a year from in, into the future in a long time. Um, that's the that's good to think about. the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a few things I would like to celebrate this year. So a year from now, I definitely want to celebrate launching at least one or two expansion decks of my cards. So if it is one that is themed around like uh, relationship conversations or dating conversations or one for team building. And um, I have this, it's like on my desk here, uh, a facilitator kit that I'm, I've been working on, but I kind of put it on pause for a little bit because I need to, um, yeah, I need to first test it a little bit more. So I'm sending it to a few people to, to get some feedback right now. But those are definitely things I would love to celebrate in a year from now. Beautiful. Cool. Kyle, you have any questions? Yeah, one question I had. So you said you, like, for example, you let off with that, you know, champagne question with someone. Does that, does that feel odd kind of going that, asking that deep of a question yes. just right off the bat? 
yes, it was super awkward and weird. And I definitely had people kind of go at me like, what? That's, and they would just give me a surface level answer. Um, and then the conversation would be over. I think the, the big lesson that I had to remember there was that you're not supposed to connect deeply with anyone. You're, like you're supposed to find the one person or the few people at an event that you're going to really connect with. And that's, that's the goal is not, like my goal there was not, uh, let me collect as many business cards as possible. Let me find as many people to talk to as possible, but just have at least one really good conversation. And with that one person, like we actually met up the year after and we didn't talk for like a whole year and we almost made a point of let's not, wouldn't be funny if we didn't even follow up and just showed up and I had to trust that the other person would, would be there in the restaurant where we made the reservation. Um, and we did. And I think that person now I'm meeting with, well, now we're having zoom calls every two weeks. Like we now became actually really good friends. And that was the, the one thing I needed to get out of this event and all the other people that um, I don't even remember who they were. I don't have to worry about. Gotcha. I like that Cause I think that's something I struggle with. Like I want to ask a deeper question, but then I feel inside. I'm like, Oh, they're going to think I'm weird for asking that. But I like how you said, you know, it's not meant for everybody is to find that, you know, one or two people or how many ever are, you know, willing to have that, you know, conversation with you so i think that's really cool yeah can, can i share one more tip that like yeah on the actual words that i used is i wasn't super confident saying hey i have this great question that will make us connect and become friends in a year from from now uh, i said hey i'm doing this experiment of asking different questions would you be open to to play with me or something in that that sense like it's even i'm not sure if this is a great question and saying that like actually being vulnerable and, and, and uh, sharing that with the person that you're talking to will make them buy in so much more. Like they'll be so much more open if it's an experiment than if you're saying, well, here's the question. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. I like that. That's good. I wrote that down. <laughs> I also, I remember um, when I first started my like Jeremy talks to strangers, Instagram and uh, making videos with people was so challenging for me because I was, I thought I was going to be so annoying. And then there's like this pressure that I had in my head for this person, like, oh, this guy's videotaping me. And I noticed that like in the beginning, I would say, hey, let's just make a video for fun. It's not the one I actually am going to post. Let's just do it for fun. And then, so they have in their head, they're just doing it for fun. He's not recording it. He's not going to post it. And maybe nine times out of the 10, that's the one I would post. I, I love that, like lowering expectations and kind of being vulnerable and just, yeah, I love that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I think it, it totally opens the door to people kind of, yeah, being more open to, to trying something new, especially if it's around having a deep conversation with a stranger that I think most people, when you offer that you want to talk about something else than like small talk topics, people go like, oh yes, please. I haven't had any person that says, oh, I much rather would prefer to talk about uh, sports right now, even though that I know that you're not interested in it, let's keep talking about sports. I don't mm. think I've ever met a person like that. Well, I like the, like the pre-question, not just asking the question, but have it be their choice. Are you open to me asking a deep question as opposed to just asking a deep question? Mm -hmm. I think that adds a lot to it. Cause it's like, yeah. it makes it their idea and they say, they're saying yes to it. And you're not just, you're just a boundary. You're like respecting their boundary as well. Mm -hmm. And then you could ask them after you've had your first question, whichever one it is, 
you could ask them, hey, what, what's a question you always wanted to ask someone? Or like if you met someone for the first time, what would, what's a question you would like to ask them? Wow. Get them I already got that down. <laughs> yeah, once I get out of quarantine, I'm going to start trying this. <laughs> you don't have to wait. You don't have to wait. That's There's, true. We got our virtual social. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we yeah. do. Tomorrow. You can, you can come late, Jan. <laughs> yes, and I think for people uh, listening to this, it probably won't be tomorrow unless you're doing another one the day after you release this podcast, which you should. Oh, yes. And then y'all can come. That'd be so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> My question is, uh, how has connection changed uh, before this challenge and now? And what are some tips to kind of connect nowadays? Yeah, well, the, the big thing that has changed is that we can't really hang out in the same physical space right now. And that definitely makes connection very challenging because I, what I described at the retreat, I don't think you'd be able to feel that over screens, like feeling that energy vibrating out of people's bodies like this uh, experience is really hard to replicate on screens. Even something like um, making eye contact is extremely difficult because looking at the lens yeah. of your camera or webcam and looking at the screen is like, it's not a big difference, but it kind of feels like somebody's looking at your mouth the whole time or looking at your, at your chin. Um, so you're not really connecting as, as well as in person, but luckily with the power of video, you can still read people's facial expressions, you can read a bit of their body language. Um, that to me is like the best way to connect is if you can get on like live video calls um, and then make them more fun. Like I, I'm a huge fan of experiments as you probably already guessed. So in the last few weeks, I've ran a lot of experiments connecting with friends and acquaintances. And instead of just saying, hey, let's have a video call, trying something different. So yesterday we actually played a bunch of uh, games virtually and still had like a video call happening. Uh, there was uh, five of us and we just played a couple of games. We played Cards Against Humanity online. Oh. Uh, we played this really fun game where one person uh, draws, like you get, a, a, um, you get a description and the first person has to draw that. The next person has to name what they see the third person has to draw again the new description and the fourth person again has to figure out what that is. And then it's kind of like broken telephone, but you use drawing as well. And everybody's drawing wow. on their phone. Um, and then at the end, it will show up on, on your screen, the whole like story of how it progressed. And it's, it was so hilarious. Like I literally cried tears last night. <laughs> That's a really cool idea. <laughs> what, do you, what do you use for these? like zoom or what do you use so this one uh is through air console it's like an online game platform and they have oh, yeah, no, over 150 is. different games um i think right now they're giving away some codes for 14 days like free trial where you can use all of the features and only one person in your group needs to have that so you could literally just one person signs up for 14 days the next 14 days the other person signs up where i think it's only like five bucks a month and after last night, me and my wife were actually considering getting that and even keeping it for afterwards because it's still a fun way. Like you don't want to go out, 
you want to stay in your sweatpants, you still want to socialize and have fun with your friends, you could, like, we literally hosted virtual games nights now. That's so cool. Yeah, I went to Gary Ware's uh, virtual improv event last week. And nice. It was, it was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and, like, now there's such, like, there's so many things happening online right now because everybody who's been hosting in-person events is now going online and hosting things. Um, I'm hosting Ask Deep Questions on Zoom where we have meaningful conversations and it's like an hour and a half of no virus talk, no small talk, no work talk. And it's been super popular. Uh, there's improv things, there's coffee chats. There's so much happening. Um, I think all you have to do is go look for it and, and figure out what you're interested in and you'll find something. Mm. Laughing yoga on Wednesday. <laughs> Yeah, that I've I've heard of naked dance parties on Zoom. I mean, there's <laughs> everything out there. Next idea, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, I was just I was just about to ask. So, Jan, what um, anything coming up that I can join in on? And then you said that I'm like, oh, maybe it's the wrong timing for, for that question. I'm not hosting this. Uh, but... <laughs> But it is out there. I actually love asking, I even love asking this question on Facebook right now. Like, what's the most fun virtual event you've attended in the last week? That's oh. how somebody shared it with me. And um, people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. How can I join? Or like, if it is uh, games nights or like what, I actually don't even know what I, am ha I have coming up. Um, on Friday, I'm doing a bow tie meetup, which basically is, you're required to wear a bow tie for the video call. Um, <laughs> That's about it, what the requirement is. Uh, and we'll play a couple of fun games and connect. Uh, and then at the end, I'm hoping to take one group picture. Um, that was one. I also on Friday tried uh, another experiment and that was actually really, really fascinating. Um, I had this thought where I was thinking, wow, we're all staying in our own rooms um, a lot of people won't be able to get physical contact with another person, especially if you live by yourself right now. Mm -hmm. and it might be weeks or months before you can. Even your family members, you can't like touch them. And there's a lot of people who like have touch as their their love language. Like they really thrive on on physical contact. And I thought, would it be possible to create something where you're with other people and you hug an object, a teddy bear? a blanket, a pillow, um, and doing it at the same time with some, I thought first cheesy love songs playing in the background, would that actually bring up some emotions for people? Would that help or, or not? And while I was putting my items that I wanted to show, so you can hug a teddy bear and you can hug a pillow, I packed a, a pack of toilet paper. And I only thought, I'm just gonna say this for fun. But then I hugged it and it felt the most like a human in terms of like, it was like enough resistance, not like a pillow that you can squeeze completely, but still a bit soft. So mm. I literally felt it the most like a human made hugging you, this. Made you earn like, it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, and while we were doing it and I was playing the song, um, like I got really emotional. I had my eyes closed. When I opened my eyes, more than half of the people were crying. Oh, that's nice. I love that. This is, um, I had no idea how powerful this could be. We connected a lot more through sharing what, what was going on for everyone. 
Um, but unfortunately, a lot of people felt a lot of sadness for thinking of that they can't have this, like the real hugs for mm. a long time. Um, especially again, the people that live by themselves already. And I was not sure if that is something that I would want to do again, if it makes people feel more sadness. Um, but I think the, the good thing that happened afterwards, afterwards was us sharing our experiences. And mm. um, the big, big thing that I always realize when people have vulnerable conversations or are vulnerable with others is when you realize you're not the only one struggling through something, yeah. it lifts a lot of weight off your shoulders. And I think that's exactly what happened is we just realized, oh, I thought I'm the only one struggling with not getting physical contact right now. But it turns out I'm not. And there's other people out there. And that makes made us feel more connected. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I attended a virtual hangout a week or two ago. And I had a, my brain had so much resistance to um, sharing something with someone else like I was upset I was, I was upset with someone and that was in the group and I just shared it and told him and processed it and I looked at the projection and got it all out and I am not gonna I ended up in tears I was in I was crying and um, this the group that I'm in is such a safe beautiful space so they're like they're uh, they, they saw it as like a, wow I'm, you're brave Jeremy and I let it out. And afterwards, I felt so much better. Holy cow. Mm -hmm. And it totally shows that you can have these like deeply connected moments with people, although we're physically apart. Um, you just need to create more spaces for it. Like I said, if you just hang out with people and you still talk about small talk and just about the virus and things that are going on outside, rather than sharing those deep, meaningful things that are going on inside of you, then it's not much better than uh, doing small talk in person. Thank you. <laughs> I love that. I think we're all tired of uh, talking about the virus. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need, yeah, definitely. Anytime I hear about it now, it just makes my heartbeat start going faster. <laughs> I'm like, oh, stop it. <laughs> it's that, the fight or flight. I think that all human beings are capable of good and bad. It's just uh, what they feed in themselves. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Jordan Peterson. He talks about like really understanding and seeing your the darkest parts of yourself in order to really appreciate the, the lightest parts of yourself. Um, I got very triggered recently where my friend who's of Asian descent got spit on in um, Los Angeles. And I was so angry. I was so livid that someone would spit on this person who's just, just cause he's Asian, that racism and that just, it brought up so much in, in me. And I went down, I went down a rat rabbit hole. Um, I don't know why I thought of that. It's just, I, yeah. But it, but then I forget sometimes that people are capable of good as well. So I just think this fight or flight right now is just bringing up some pretty intense parts of um us and i think that i in my opinion people are are have shame on the parts themselves it's bringing up so i don't know thought of that right now <laughs> yeah thanks for sharing that i think there's a lot like i'm really trying to limit my exposure to news and things throughout the day like me and my wife we usually watch the news at the end of the day right now just to stay up to date on anything current that is applicable to us and 
the state of the world. Like my parents are still in Germany and we have friends in different places in the world. So we want to stay up to date what's happening there. Um, but yeah, I, in the beginning it was, I was on the news and I was researching on websites like all day. And that's not, not the nicest way to spend your time because you're just being bombarded with all this mostly negative information that you can't really do anything about. Like it's not in your control. All you can control is like your reactions. Like what are you going to do about it? And for me, that was just going all in on, on hosting things and creating the space to bring people together. Oh yeah. That's my, that's my favorite thing. I, I asked Kyle, I was like, Hey Kyle, can we throw socials where we bring people together? He's like, yeah. I'm like, yes. <laughs> down for whatever right now i got all the time in the world <laughs> <laughs> so uh so speaking of doing a lot of, of, of virtual stuff kind of on the opposite side we're you know stuck in the houses with our i don't want to say stuck makes it seem like a negative thing but we're you know in, in the houses with our, our family and stuff that might be a good opportunity to have some deep conversations so do you have I'm sure you still do, but are there things that you stir deep conversations in with, with your wife? And what does that kind of sound like? Just some examples. Yeah, I think, by the way, can you hear my son crying in the background? Yeah. Because if you do, I wanted to just mention that, that both of us are home right now. And uh, I think there's a lot of challenging things that are happening because our son's daycare is closed. Both my wife and me are self-employed. So she right now, uh, she operates a takeout restaurant. So luckily she can still be open, but she's only limiting, limited for like three hours a day. And then she comes home, takes care of my son. That's kind of the afternoon where I get more uh, productive and have podcast interviews and my calls. And I think he's showed up on every single call that I've had in the last two weeks because he's able to open doors now and he just walks in and you're just not fast enough. So if he shows up later or if you hear him again in the background, that's kind of the world that we live in. Um, I, I always remember this one meme that probably everybody has seen with like the guy being interviewed on the news and then the, the kids kind of run in in the background and the wife tries to grab them really quickly. Happens to me all the time. So there's a lot of challenges that I think both of us are facing with this situation and constantly being able to to communicate and see, hey, uh, I have this event happening at this time. Can you be home a little bit earlier? Or um, I can take care of our son in the morning uh, while you do this, uh, get this other thing done. Like we have to be very flexible. And luckily, because both of us are self-employed, we're kind of used to the more flexible lifestyle. It's mm. just, there needs to be a lot more communication right now around those things. I love that. Kyle has a few kids. <laughs> say you described the exact situation I'm in right now. I can hear my kids. I don't know if you guys can. But... No, can't hear anything yet. Okay. <laughs> Kyle and I have had uh, our uh, meetings, and his kid will come in. <laughs> yeah, last time he came in with a toothbrush. I figured out later that was his sisters too. It's <laughs> <was> like loose. <laughs> Actually, I, I saw somebody post about this earlier saying that it's now it's totally okay to have your kids come in because it almost makes you more human. Yeah. Um, there was actually a quite interesting discussion going on. Is it still professional? Uh, especially thinking of 
that I don't know people usually wear suits, CEOs that would have meetings like this. Is it acceptable to have your kids interrupt your meeting? And I feel like right now it totally is. And I love that. And I yeah. hope that it will still be acceptable afterwards. Um, because you like you learn so much more about the other person by just looking what is in the background of their rooms. Like even seeing both of your backgrounds, I'm like, I'm learning a couple things about you. All the employees are now working from home. When they have their team meetings, they're probably quite surprised to see what, what other people's living situation looks like. So I'm hoping it's, it's used to help people uh, connect in a different way, Some, like in a way that you couldn't even do in person before. Yeah, I think that also it's funny because that, that was the beginning of the conversation before Kyle got in. We were talking about talking about the background of his place. <laughs> Also, my, my, where I'm sitting right now is part office, part my son's room. So, of course, he, like, we can't completely restrict him coming in here um, if he wants to. Well, I'm also the same situation. This is part my office, part my son's room. <laughs> I think I can see a crib in the background. Yep, you can. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I also think it's, it's forced vulnerability. I feel like, in my judgment, people are so scared to be vulnerable that when people are talking over virtual, like they're forced to play, hey, this is my place, you know, they're, but then they kind of are forced into that, which is awesome because that's the best. And I think it was beautiful that the, when I mentioned you my story today, it was Brene Brown. <laughs> that was so perfect. I didn't do it on purpose, but I love her. Just uh, the bonding that we are, can have just being by, by being vulnerable. And I love how you mentioned about, yeah, the, the, the question, the deep question, and you talked about how, yeah, your deep questions aren't for everyone. Like, that was literally my, like, last Instagram post was, I was at a big social, and I was telling Kyle, I just, I went on, and I was super vulnerable. I was, I was super depressed when I first moved to Taiwan. I never would have said anything like that in the past, and yeah, I got some pretty uncomfortable stares from some people, but some, some of them actually reached out to me afterwards and on a real beautiful level and I actually had way better deeper you know connections with those people than the people that judged me and looked at me weird like I don't want this it was beautiful yeah but yeah, I, don't I think I think even like the definition of being vulnerable like it involves a risk so you have to take mm -hmm. a risk because you don't know how people will react and um, I always see it as a beautiful gift if you can be vulnerable first it will always give others the permission to be vulnerable too. And that to me is even, even small vulnerability, like suggesting a different question or different topic than talking about the virus right now requires some, some vulnerability for, for people. Mm. Um, but once you suggest it, it gives other people permission to do it too. Like they might not have the courage to change the topic, but they, once you make the invitation are totally up for, for taking that invitation and, and going there. Hmm. And your go-tos, what's exciting you in this moment? Or Yeah, I, I, I don't have like one question that I use all the time. Uh, sometimes there's like a question that's on my mind that I just like asking. And or if there's some, some places where people know that I created this like deck of cards with conversation starters, um, I can say, hey, I'm, I'm prototyping this new, new deck and I have this question that I would want to try. Uh, do you mind have a conversation with this? And people are always up for it. Like that's again, uh, a, I guess one way only people can use that have like a deck of cards that they're creating or some kind of project. 
Um, but I like just, yeah, trying different questions and seeing what the response is. Yeah. Um, Kyle and I are working on a, a clothing line, a positive psychology clothing line. So I'm pretty excited to like test it out and, you know, give some out as like for free and just kind of build our tribe and everything. And we're all like supporting. And um, I think uh, I have a question and it's, it's just my own question. Cause I do, when I, when I was doing social coaching, or I still do sometimes, but I would always tell them to ask the question that puts them in a positive space. As I said, um, I, I have come across this a lot where I will say, what are you grateful for today? And there's so much resistance to that. I've come across that. And I'm just curious if you had any ideas of why that is. That's an interesting question. Um, I Usually, so here, here's my, uh, my go-to if I don't know how to answer a question. Even if I pick a card from my deck and I don't have like an answer right away, I usually just start talking and see where it leads. So we'll mm. do the same thing with your question. Uh, I don't know where this is going to go, but okay. I have a feeling that a lot of people don't think about what they're grateful for a lot in their life. And also, if you don't use it as a practice, you think of, uh, you think you have to come up with something so big, so, uh, I guess, dramatic that you think, oh, there's nothing that like I could be grateful for because there's other people who have something more interesting to say about this question. Like you don't mm -hmm. want, if you ask somebody what you're grateful for and you would say clean water, people, most people wouldn't even think about that or like having a roof over my head. Like all the, the things that you almost forget that you, that you have, those I think are the, the ones that people need to think of more, but they might not think, they might try to think, okay, what's, what am I grateful for? Or Oh, this one person who, who gave me a job like 10 years ago, like they try to think of something big rather than something small. Mm. Thank you. That makes sense. Yeah. So I saw, I think it was on your blog, on your site, you said that your gift is creating psychological safety. Could you talk a little bit about what that is? Sure. So Psychological safety is a term that I only discovered maybe four or five months ago. And there's this really amazing uh, TED talk by Amy Edmondson, who then wrote a book called The Fearless Organization, where she talks about that psychological safety is one of the most important things. It's the foundation for any team that is high performing. And um, Google also did a study where they um, tried to find out what, what makes a team performing and psychological safety was number one and what it is is people in a team or in a group feeling safe to um, to speak up so if it is uh, asking questions if it is admitting that you made a mistake uh, what, whatever it is you feel supported and safe to do so and I realized that what I've been doing in actually two other ways rather than working with teams has been creating psychological safety. So my background is actually in video production. Um, I had a video marketing agency for the last seven years. And mm -hmm. one of the things we did is, uh, and I worked on some documentary projects, and one of the things we did is we worked with a lot of people who are, uh, who've never been in front of the camera, and we either interviewed them 
or we ask them to share their message to a bigger audience online. Wow. And that is something that makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Like if you've ever uh, interviewed someone or even pointed your phone at them, as soon as the recording button is on, they're different. Yes. Some people, they just shut down. And um, over the last few months, as I've kind of gotten more comfortable or more knowledgeable about the, the subject of psychological safety, what I learned is people don't feel safe to be themselves in that situation. And that's like being yourself on camera is the, the I know that that's what makes you connect with the audience. If you're just reading a script or <coughs> off a teleprompter, it will never connect as much with your audience as if you can be yourself. But that's super scary. You're afraid of being judged. You're afraid of being made fun of. You're afraid of messing up. Uh, you have this high bar of making it perfect. So there's a lot of fears in your head that uh, you're not going to be really present in that moment. And what the, the thing that a lot of clients told me was that I, they really felt supported being in front of the camera. And a lot of it had to do with all the things we did and the conversations we had before we turned on the record button. Like uh, there's a lot of connecting going on and also me playing the part of the audience, constantly reassuring them that they're doing a good job and giving feedback because the camera doesn't give you any feedback. So mm -hmm. I learned that, yeah, I've been creating this space where people can feel safe to be themselves in front of the camera but then I also translated it to all my life events. So when somebody walks into a room full of strangers, same question they ask themselves as if they're gonna walk in front of a camera or um, even like a meeting with your boss is, is it safe to be myself and still feel like I belong here with this group? Like that's the number one question that people ask all the time. Is it safe to be myself and still feel like I belong? Um, mm -hmm. And if you can facilitate it in a way or create different um, triggers that kind of apply to all the different senses, like the music, what people see when they come in, uh, what the smell is like, like there's so many things that a lot of people don't think about uh, that can really help making people feel grounded and safe. And then it opens up the door for connection and collaboration and innovation. Um, so it's been like one concept that I'm just so excited to, to really dig in and, and share with more people. Psychological safety. Yeah, I've had that a lot. Like I, uh, I remember just with my videos with strangers, uh, I'd have these fantastic conversations. And as soon as I bring up the camera, they freeze up. And I realized just so I'm gonna ask you actually before I tell you <laughs> what is your advice on getting more comfortable in front of the camera just do it the more <laughs> you do it the better you get like there's no there's no magic pill um, the only thing to keep in mind is uh, being present is better than being perfect like that's wow. something that I need to remind myself in many situations if I'm hosting an event if I'm facilitating a workshop if I'm going in front of the camera if it's not perfect, people will actually connect with you more. Again, having your kids run into the background or you mispronouncing a word and then mm -hmm. correcting it rather than pretending it that it didn't happen will mm. help you connect with people more than if you're trying to have it like seamless and you have your script kind of down so well that almost, you almost sound like a robot. Um, yeah. 
yeah like th this week i was hosting a workshop and first of all my my wife was a little bit late so my son was still sitting on my lap when we started uh he then left um and i had him watch uh, peppa pig uh, on on netflix <laughs> kyle knows that one with that look yeah he made and exactly uh, <laughs> all the parents know it but what i then did was i asked in the chat and there were like over 60 people asking the chat okay where are the parents just type pepper if you're a parent and i like the chat was going crazy with people just typing pepper and then one person held up a pepper uh, plush toy into the camera i'm like okay let's play a fun little game who can if you can find the plush toy like click on gallery you where you see all the people and try to find the plush toy uh, and then uh, type found it in the chat. So we had just ha made this moment really fun and people started connecting and um, feeling less alone because they all knew, okay, there's other parents in the room. They probably connected with me more because they now felt, oh, I really understand them. Um, so yeah, just, I guess it's almost like an improv mindset if I had to describe it of like, yes, that happened. And now what can we create that is even better and, and, and bigger out of it? Yeah. That, that resonates a lot with me because I've had it where I've like put so much time and energy into editing a video that's incredible in my opinion and then gets like no love <laughs> and then I'll just post something because I'm feeling called to like when I broke my leg and I'm just like yeah I'm, I'm really challenged right now it's really sucks <laughs> and like to me it was just like the worst video ever but it got like the most love so the, the just that just showing up and getting the practice reps in like we've I feel like Kyle and I talk about that a lot just get the reps in get the reps in yeah um, yeah that's why we don't edit the podcast we just <laughs> cut some of the beginning out and the end but anything in between we, if somebody screws up we just let it go <laughs> yeah and I think that the other thing if you're doing a podcast or video or even sharing anything else on Facebook focus on the person that you're talking to focus on your audience rather than on yourself mm. like that that also is like a really good um kind of reframe for me if i'm thinking too much if i worry too much about how i look if i just focus on the message that i want to share and the impact it will have on somebody hearing it they don't care how i look they just care about getting the value from it so that's yes that's like another really good thing Great that i tip. keep in mind yeah so I have a question based off of what you just said. <laughs> How has uh, your life changed uh, since you've been doing, you know, ask deep questions? It's changed so much. Like I, I would first of all have to say that um, this is maybe for the first time a project where I have no shortage of ideas. I have a pretty big vision. It took me a while to get there um to kind of believe in my own project oh um, that one. and, and I'll, I'll share a little bit more on on that if, if you're interested but um i now like i can't fully stand behind it and i don't feel like i'm selling people i'm actually sharing something that will provide a lot of um like support and uh, like an experience for people that that will help them connect more with their loved ones with strangers with their teams and again focusing on that on the impact is something that i i don't think with any other project that i've done before could have could have said wow focusing on the impact that's 
powerful. <laughs> yeah, like one, one of the things I did is instead of counting how many decks I sold, uh, I started counting how many conversations have been started. Because there's mm. 48 cards in each deck. And I counted how many decks I've sold. So I calculated, okay, uh, I think by now it's been like 16, 1700 decks times 48 questions. That's uh, about 70,000 conversations. And then I said, oh, what if I get to 100,000 conversations this year? Could I set that as the goal rather than making more money or selling more cards? That really inspires me, trying to think of all these conversations that are going on in people's homes, in people's houses. That would be amazing. Mm. Yeah, that, that is, yeah, that's a huge impact. I'm just thinking of the decks. I mean, having 60, 70,000 conversations, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, and that is, people told me, they're using the cards more than once so it's it should be higher but sure, also some people yeah. might not have used them more than once so trying to balance it out at least have some way for me to count something yeah yeah so um, i don't know i'm trying to think of impact so kyle and i have like all sorts of ideas for what we want to do to impact the world and connect pe you know people to themselves and other people and getting over helping them with their self-improvement, anxiety, et cetera. I don't know, Kyle, what do you think? Uh, we should concentrate on a certain amount of podcasts. <laughs> uh, right now, it's more like focused on, I guess, the amount of listeners we get per episode. Or should it be the amount of listeners we have in total or the whole podcast number? I don't know. I don't know. What do you think, Jan? <laughs> How many, and uh, this might be a challenging question, but I, I know we're all, we're all ready to be vulnerable. So I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what you say. How many messages do you get of people without you asking them that they've gotten value from your podcast? <laughs> I, how, how long have you been doing it? You, you've, started not too long ago right yeah, a couple months maybe three yeah not very long so I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there if somebody's listening to this and you've been getting any value send these guys a little thank you message because that to me is like once you start tapping into that type of content where people just tell you hey this has helped me or this has changed my life those are the things that i would like to track but it's not as, like, it's something that I track more for myself. Like, I have a folder on my desktop where I just take a screenshot of every time I see a message like this and I just save it in there. It kind of inspire me when I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Or I'm not sure if I'm still on the right path. I look at that folder and just oh. start reading those messages. But that, that, again, I've never had this happen with my video company. But as soon as like people started using the cards without me even being there or people attending my event and then sending a message afterwards on how it had impacted them, I knew that I was on the right track. And that's, that's what really I would like to, like if I could pick anything that I'm measuring and maybe this is a reminder that maybe I should, is how many, I call it love notes, do I get per month or per year? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. Not not with the podcast. I myself, I haven't received anything from the podcast, but just over my Instagram account. Anytime somebody sends me a message about my account helping them, I always screenshot it, and I have a little uh, drive, I have a little folder in my Google Drive. Anytime I'm feeling like 
um, what is, what am I doing? Like, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, go back to that folder. I'm like, okay, yep. Um, you know, it, like gets me right back on track. Like, nope, I'm I'm right at it. Yeah. So, and that's like a, just a great reminder for for anybody who's listening to podcasts or watching videos. Like, we as creators, we feed off that energy so much. So, oh, yeah. and to me, sometimes it's like it's a really short message, and it makes my day. And it's so easy to do these days. And if you, yeah, uh, go, going back to how you can connect with with people during this time, like sending voice notes and video messages. I mean, you can just write a, a paragraph in the same time. You could just pick up your phone and send a video message. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Again, I haven't gotten any messages for the podcast, but the messages I have gotten were are usually people I'll meet in person because you know, down like Jeremy talks to strangers. I'll meet them in person and they get like I'll brighten up their day and I'll get a message and that makes me happy or, or when I was doing the free hugs I'll get messages after the words saying like I've been going through a really hard time that message like turned things around so yeah I totally identify with that <sighs> yeah. it, it will come like the the big thing is like you have to keep going and I, I'm, I'm excited to hear more about your clothing line and that's something also like I made this button that says I'm on a small talk detox. And I just, one friend of mine told me, oh my God, that's such a great idea. You have to make buttons. So I, same day I went online, I ordered the buttons. Next day I picked them up um, at like a local place here in Toronto. And then I posted a picture to my social media. And so many people were like, oh my God, I want one. Where can I buy it? And I wasn't planning on selling buttons. Uh, that's so I, cool I, well they're, they're actually going to be shipped to everybody who's pre-ordering the cards um that month and i think i'm almost out 200 buttons that wow that, that i had made and to me again that's one of those things even when i very first time i created the cards um they came from the printer it was just for the camping trip i posted a picture on facebook saying hey so excited to try these cards this weekend on the camping trip and they didn't even show any questions. It was kind of blurry. Um, but so many people said, oh my God, that's amazing. Can we play? Like that, you, you know when you tap into something. So I'm hoping then when, when you share some uh, ideas on, on your clothing line, if that happens, you're, you know you're onto something. Yeah. Uh, I, was I did at one point have like a joint team human website and I did have a clothing line and um looking back at it like people were interested i had a lot of people buy shirts and i just started because I, I from the bottom of my heart like i am such a believer that we were better together so like my whole idea is having like positive messages where the people just like say you're doing the your best you can and i'm on your team those are the different messages i just yeah cool i feel inspired <laughs> Well, um, let me ask you this question. So there's one message you get out to the entire world. I just kind of billboard it. What would it be? Did you get that from one of my cards? <laughs> you froze. Well, it's uh, actually on my card. It's uh, you have 30 seconds only. Oh, are you still there? Oh, back? You're back. He's back. I'm so glad it happened and some vulnerability. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Everybody's using video calls right now, so 
sometimes connections are a little slower. No, it's funny. You mentioned that earlier in the conversation. And as you're talking about that, um, I'm thinking, oh, Kyle likes to ask that to all our guests. <laughs> um, can you repeat the question just one more time? Just, I, I think I missed the end. Yeah, if you can uh, tell us what you would want to, what's one message you would share with the entire world, just kind of like billboarding to the entire world, what would it be? Have the courage to take conversations deeper than small talk. Like you'll be surprised by how many interesting stories people have if you're curious enough to, to find out what they are. I have a follow-up question. Usually I don't, but I feel called. Um, what do you feel like your purpose on this planet is? I actually think it's very much related to that psychological safety. Like I, I wrote this blog post titled um, psychological Creating Psychological Safety is My Superpower because I think that yes, the cards are great and they're designed in a specific way to help people connect and create psychological safety in like three different steps because there's three different types of questions. They're not just all deep and meaningful. You kind of go from uh, what I call a curious question to a brave question and then the vulnerable question. Um, whenever I host an event, that's exactly what I am thinking of is how can I make sure that people who are maybe dealing with a bit of social anxiety walking into my event or are a little bit more introverted how can i give them the right tools to connect with other people that might be super extroverted and kind of ramp it up slowly so it's not overwhelming it's uh it's taking people on a journey and i i love ex creating experiences and oftentimes i i uh i describe what i do as experience design mm. um that comes either in a little box with cards or at an event or a workshop. And now it's creating experiences uh, virtually. Like how can we use all these different tools that we have on like Zoom or other, other technology to um, not just have a meeting, but uh, an experience. Cool, I love that. Um, can we do two more things for me? And I don't know if Kyle has, he's a pretty creative guy. Um, I was wondering if we can do just like a picture of all of us. Definitely. And then um, two, maybe just pick one of the cards up and read it just for fun. Sure. All right, let's do the picture of us real quick. Well, let me make sure like, uh, <laughs> And your uh, camera's not in it. Yeah, hold on. Oh, here it is, ready. <laughs> I wonder if you can, can you take a picture on the Zoom itself or no? You can take I a screenshot. Could one of you do it? I don't know how to do that. I'm using my girlfriend's. I, I can take a screenshot. Do it. But you have to do your most fake smile into the camera. <laughs> there we go. We, we, got the real, we got the real smile uh, a little bit. Said, that was my real one. But I, but I caught it. <laughs> I, I always do that with, with group photos and I, cause it always bothers me when people like, like their, their fake smile. I'll make a really ridiculous noise to get that authentic like laugh. I'll be like, and there'll always be people like giggling for real. I'm like, yes, got the real smile. Yeah. All right. 
let's let's get a card out. Um, well, do you, you get to choose the category, and then I'll just pick a random card. So you got curious. Uh, there's brave, Oy. and vulnerable. Ooh, pick Kyle. Ooh, well, my resistance is against the vulnerable one, so I'm gonna <laughs> choose that one. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll, I'll shuffle. Uh, so you, usually what I, what I do at my, my virtual events, um, we go through each one of the levels and I just hold up three cards and then people vote which one. Um, so we get like a random one, but I'll just pick one that is here. Let me see. Um, the question says, are you holding onto something that you need to let go of? Um, I love that. <laughs> hmm. The deep breath is a good sign. On <sighs> something you've let go of. Yeah, mine is uncomfortable. It's a uh, that I can be successful while. 100% pursuing my passion of um, bringing people together. Yeah. I don't want to get into story. That's, yeah. that's what I want to go. We, we, this, this could end up being another two hours or more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll share also a short one that is actually maybe related to yours, which is um, not believing that people will pay for the value that I bring because it's so have Same one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You're like, ah, now that I'm thinking about it for a minute, I would say uh, just complete control. I feel like I'm not, uh, I usually have things lined up exactly how I want my day to run. And now with this kind of, like you were saying, where my wife's trying to do some stuff, we're going to both be a little bit flexible and, me like I just love to have super ordered things and now I I think I need to let go of just having control of exactly how I like to have it and be a little bit more flexible yeah that's definitely mine yeah what a great time to practice that yeah yeah definitely <laughs> all right well uh oh yeah so for anybody listening, where can everybody find you at, Jan? Where can they buy the cards, all that stuff? So if you go to askdeepquestions.com, that will bring you to the page for the cards. And on there, you'll also find everything else that, that I'm doing, all the events, workshops. Uh, I need to put together a proper page with virtual events, but because they happen so quickly and are updated so often, um, it's probably best if you also look for Ask Deep Questions on Facebook. Uh, I kind of keep yeah. the Facebook calendar the most up, up to date right now. Gotcha. All yeah. right. Everybody go check that out. And we'll see you guys next week.